morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. I have a panel with me today because this is also kind of another episode of the Batman retrospective. It's weird. We're going to get into it uh, with my co-hosts, uh, Gina Versa, Matt hey. Garingo, and uh, guest Andrew Salazar. I'm just going to get that all out of the way because I feel like this is going to be kind of a busier episode for reasons. Um, Gene, how are you? We'll start there. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, doing uh, not too uh, tired. I went to see Speed Racer at midnight, so that was cool. On hey. 35 millimeter. Yeah. Son of a bitch. All about those Wachowskis. Everyone loves them. Yeah. No one has any complicated feelings about their movies ever. Stay tuned to the Cloud Atlas episode of our current oh. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and I believe the time of recording this episode, by the time we're done here, you'll be able to listen to... Uh, Tough guys don't dance. Tough guys don't dance. Everyone's favorite movie. Yeah. Tough guys don't dance. If you don't know about tough guys don't dance, you probably don't realize that you actually do. If you've been <laughs> on the internet for the last fifteen years, you know about tough guys don't dance. Um, it's the oh god, oh man. Oh god, oh man. Yeah. Uh, the worst line delivery. Yeah. In film it's, history. It, it's trended on YouTube. It's. You, you know about Tough Guys Don't Dance. Uh, and if you don't want to watch Tough Guys Don't, Dan- don't Dance, and you maybe shouldn't want to watch it, um, we explain the whole plot in the episode, so you're good. Um, it is a lot. Yeah, it's because it, well, we kind of had to break that fucking thing down. It was just, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that episode dropping. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be up after this. The, the video took a little longer. It's just, it, it wasn't complicated. It's just the image because YouTube doesn't give a shit about us anymore. So <laughs> whatever. Um, also, Andrew, Andrew Salazar, discussing film. What's up, Andrew? I am doing great. Um, I've actually got to see the movie that we're going to talk about almost a month ago now. And I've seen it two more times since then. So it's been kind of sitting on my head. Some of the things been going back and forth, going in circles, running around. Um, so I'm ready to duke it out, as always. Because this is the best place to do that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm, I am honored to host the the Duke out, and I am also uh, here with an in session film mug. Oh, wait, it's blurring it. it. Why, is it why is it blurring it? <laughs> why is it? Why are you doing this? Copyright. Cut- They're protecting you, Diego. No, it's in session <laughs> film. They're 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 our pals. Wait, wait, wait. Put it put it like put it closer to your face. Put that uh, shitty 3D. Like, no, it's coming at the screen. I know. <laughs> Is it working? No, no. Okay, well, Incessant yeah. Film's great. Uh, I don't know when their Batman episode drops. Probably the same day this one does. Uh, you should all listen to it. They're great. Uh, and in fact, I'll recommend some other people who I, I don't know their takes on it yet, but I'd recommend it. Uh, Richard Newby, um, who's just a great guy and great writer in general for The Hollywood Reporter. Go check him out. Um, you, you probably have other people, though. Also, Scott Mendelson, I think, didn't like it, but I, I find his writing really interesting. Uh, the Action for Everyone guys um, had their podcast on it, the time of recording this. So they, they are they're kind of like my new favorite podcast. Um, so go check them out. So we're here to talk about the Batman. We don't really need to talk about anything else, do we? Did anything else interesting, was anything else interesting watched this week by any of you? Uh... I mean, um... A whole lot of interesting stuff did happen. Like there's a new alien movie, and then they yeah. kind of that like Fox has never like they're gonna fucking move away from making uh theatrical films and oh yeah, there was that which sucks. 
that that's uh, very depressing. But not to kill the mood, but that that came out this week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of just that was something we all knew was coming. Like, yeah. you know, what are they doing? Ten films, I think it is. Like, yeah, and three of them will be released theatrically. I mean, that's better than zero. I guess, I guess. that's what I can say <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, Take something. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that that nonsense. Yeah. Um, but all right, yeah, this is this is a Batman episode. Matt and I did a Batman retrospective on every theatrically released Batman film, except for The Killing Joke, which we replaced with Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which is a great <laughs> movie. We just, we did Don't not want to talk about the fucking Killing Joke. Yeah, sorry. Great, uh, <laughs> iconic comic for a reason. Some stuff's not aged well. I'm never watching that movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's just get into the Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, John Turturro, Jeffrey Wright, probably some other people I didn't write mm. down. Uh, I, I don't really know how I want to do this. I mean, Andrew, you've seen it the most out of all of us. Why don't you start us off with this? Well, I think it's ha- having seen uh, the Spoilers, movie- by the way. We'll just, yeah, we're just going to do a spoiler show. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so by having seen the movie almost a month ago and having been a part of like that first uh, round of press, we get to write about the movie and having like talking to the press at that like event where I saw the movie, et cetera. Um, it's especially with superhero movies now, it's so like difficult is when you're one of the first people to see it. And especially if the movie's good, like genuinely good, not like, you know, typical same thing as last time. It's kind of hard, like whenever you're tasked to write about something or finally get to react to it on the Internet especially Twitter, it's hard to like try to make up something to say that isn't like the same thing that you've seen regurgitated for like years now when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's like, it's the next best thing. It's the, it's gonna save movie theaters, you know, all of these things. <laughs> Genuinely watching this movie, I was like, well, like, I was like, shit, like, it's really good. <laughs> like, I don't want to sound like somebody who's like riding off the high of it, but like, even after sitting upon him, it's like, no, like, this is genuinely, in my opinion, the last time I felt about, I felt this, like, passionate, or I thought that a movie, a comic book movie, at least, was uh, crafted with so much, like, thematic depth, and, yeah, not everything is perfect, and, like, of course, like, there's things that we can talk about later on, that we can nitpick, but that was actually, like, this much focus, and that, like, a studio somehow, for lack of a better way of saying it, let them get away with, like, yeah, just do your thing. Like, if you want to do that, like, that's probably not good. The kids might not like it, but just do your thing, something like that. The last time I felt like that was maybe Logan. And that was already, like, five years ago, which is kind of, like, crazy to think about. So, I genuinely, I really did feel specifically, me and again, like, I'm pretty sure we're going to, like, start diving into this soon. But I wasn't the biggest fan of Ben Affleck's iteration, but I, I acknowledge that a lot of that's not his fault because he wasn't like really given a lot of opportunity and a lot of the stories that he was put into uh were not they had got their own things going on and he didn't really ever get a chance to really like cement himself or get himself like a real tale where he's like oh like this is my take but watching robert pattinson and watching this full-blown like three-hour like detective uh story that's heavily inspired by you like even 70s noir like clue and stuff like that it's like wow like i literally sitting in the theater for the first time was like i felt like i was watching the same feeling when i saw christian bell when i saw dark nitrogen in theaters in the sense that like this is a real like fully fledged like three-dimensional batman story and it's crazy for me to think that i haven't felt this way even though the character has 
stayed incredibly popular and like and he's like his relevancy in the in the cultural sphere has not like diminished whatsoever but like how is it that this movie all these years later is like first actually giving you this feeling you know it's kind of crazy for me to think that but i mean you have to say a lot of, that's a that's a long way of saying that i love it <laughs> if anything all right uh i'm just gonna go by my little camera setup right here i'm gonna go from right to left on my screen so next up is matt you said you might have a something something else dropping do you uh, want to go last i might you might want me to go last okay, okay. i don't i don't know um all right all right uh, uh yeah. all right then gene we'll go gene we'll go gene yeah i was uh really enjoyed it i uh was very um i guess uh intrigued that they went in uh certain directions um with uh him as batman where uh, i think they really emphasized uh year two not going to do an origin and uh kind of the little moments of uh the movie were uh kind of like took away where um stuff like he's gliding and he looks scared to uh to glide and then he like messes up the glide and like i mean crashes stuff like that where um yeah i thought that you know that was pretty interesting i guess you had um kind of him making mistakes maybe in batman begins does anyone remember he just like falls a bunch of times he got falls. lit on fire and then fell down yeah. a, a fire escape one time <laughs> yeah, no he, he gets he gets kind of fucked up in that one not not like this one yeah i would say where it's like uh well i thought like um him just kind of not um not being like incompetent but just kind of being bad sort of at first at uh being a being batman i thought was um yeah, just pretty interesting and um the way they had him just as this uh emo sort of uh bruce wayne doesn't want to go outside alfred's like bothering him all the time he's very angsty so uh, yeah i thought it was um just different i guess than the usual sort of uh batman origin or first batman that you're seeing so yeah it was uh it was uh, pretty satisfying out of it so i'll just say that yeah, I I also really liked it. I will say the length is like, like it, it's just a long movie. Like it's just that's just the way it is. Uh, I definitely felt it more the first time. Uh, the second time I got more into like the rhythm of the mm-hmm. film, and because it is a little like episodic with its mystery structure in a good way. I don't mean that like as a negative. Um, but like by the second viewing, I, I thought it like was paced really well like every scene has like a beginning middle and end and that's not like a high bar to cross but it it soars <laughs> over it yeah. um and then that makes the runtime like more palatable to in in my opinion uh it's not my favorite batman movie like that will i think that's just going to be batman begins like just yeah. on a personal level and like my most basic take is probably that like I, I still prefer like the nolan trilogy and batman returns like i'm sorry it's not like i don't have any like hot takes to drop about this being like the best one or anything but uh but i did really <laughs> love like the filmmaking i mean i re- i'm a fan of the movie i'm a big fan of the movie but like i'm definitely thinking about like the way gotham looks here there's like there, I, and people said like zodiac and seven with like the rain and the serial killer vibes i really like the very obvious blade runner vibes that people are doing for their first batman movies now with batman begins it's totally there and this one with like the lo-fi tech and like the eye scanning and the when he's printing out the images like that's just Blade Runner it's, it's the same scene I don't know how no one's talking about this like did no one else see whatever it's fine I, I really liked all that stuff um 
I've heard I, I we we don't want to spend too much time criticizing other people's criticisms, mm-hmm. but I disagree. This is the only one I'll try to bring up. I, I really disagree <clears throat> with the fact or the idea that the third act is somehow weaker because it it shifts from a mystery film to a disaster movie. I think what the film is going for teaching Batman that he can't just be hidden in the shadows. I think you need something to have pushed him out into the open and have him confront that. And I think that's what the third act does. Like it's, it all felt like a part of the story to me. So I really liked it. Um, some people have said it's the weakest part. I, I think of a film that ends strong, if the ending is strong, it'll be my favorite part of the movie. And I think that happened here. Uh, I think about like the visual storytelling, like there's like a five minute extended sequence where it's just like silent. And it's just Matt Reeves kind of showing you Batman leading people out of the darkness after he's like accepted that he can't do this by himself, really. Um, Zoe Kravitz is great as Catwoman. Jeffrey Wright rocks. Dudes rock in this movie. Um, we'll get to the, the Gotham police stuff, I'm sure, in a moment, which I <laughs> have mixed feelings on and is not... I, I, don't, I don't think it should be on every every film that comes out of a of an artist's mind to like espouse same political beliefs i would say that maybe it, it does feel weird just given the climate of the world we're in right now though to give the heroes or the, the cops like a, a not all cops hero shot which was very very <laughs> silly and yeah, yeah that, I, I really like the movie and i'll give it to matt now I think he's ready to go. Okay, well, we're going to talk about cops really early. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got I to gotta give a little preamble, which is just that I've only seen it once and I do want to see it again. And I feel like I could easily watch it again despite its three-hour length. Um, I saw the movie. I had a pretty concrete take that I felt I was going to bring here and I would give it on the show and I was ready to talk about it. I wasn't really sure what the overall reception was. And then I was reading up on the film, because um, as one does, and I knew there was going to be a Penguin like prequel spinoff for HBO Max, and I was like, okay, whatever. Like I, I was kind of like, what is the shared universe plan here if there is one? And it feels like they're just going to be like, we're just going to expand the Batman stuff. So like, whatever, fine, that's corporate. But then I read uh, that the spinoff that seems to be further ahead that will come earlier will be about the Gotham Police Department. And it will be told from the, uh, Batman's first year told from the perspective of a corrupt Gotham police officer. And uh, I I got angry um, (laughs) because, and like I said, I think Diego, you're you're correct. We shouldn't put, I, I shouldn't, I'm not expecting a film, especially a tentpole blockbuster film, to espouse my political beliefs back to me. Like, and I, and you know, and I even recognized a lot of what I disagreed with the movie in terms of politics and shit that I could always like totally find living with and coming on here. And like, I would have talked about it, but been like, it's fine. But coming the week of Joe Biden saying fund the police <laughs> on national television and then seeing that, oh, we're just going to do police procedurals again. I had like a, a brain kind of cracked and I, I'm like, no, we have to draw a hard line 
on police narratives in fiction. Like if we can't even imagine our fiction without centering the police, then we're never going to imagine a better world either with or without the police. Like it's, it's a genuine problem. And I, I just, my blood kind of started boiling and I got really angry and I was like, and I said last year, I think, did you ever see cop shop? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I recommended cop shop to you. And I wrote in that review that this is the last year I'm okay with cop films. Like, which was last year. I'm like the moment this year's up, I'm done. And like this year it was like, I kind of had a weird thing with Batman. I'm like, well, it's a Batman movie. He's not really a cop film, despite Jim Gordon being a huge part of it. And I was like, and there's a part of me that like, I feel like I have to go against this film on principle. Um, and that's, and I, I, I think I might ultimately, and that's really hard because I think this might be the best Batman movie ever made at this point. And again, it's going on one viewing. Um, and, uh, I think a lot of my enjoyment of it is that I, I followed no marketing and I, I paid attention to nothing that was going on with it. So everything that happened in it was like a real surprise other than I knew like, I knew Riddler looked like a fucking gimp for some reason. And uh, <laughs> I knew all that other shit. So I was really invested. I, I got really caught up in the movie and really enjoyed it. And then to come out like, so it's, I'm torn in, in a weird way. Where I really I do want to come here and be like respect the art, but it's but it's also cor- it's still corporate art. It's Batman, like you know, it's. But I think I said on our retrospective that I don't think there's been a great Batman movie. Like there's been great movies with Batman in it, but not. A, and this felt like the first one that I was like, this is a great Batman, Batman. movie. And but now I'm like in the, I'm in this weird torn spot with it. And I'm still trying to work on And I got to say, the fact that I like the movie as much as I did, it says a lot because this movie had everything stacked against it for me, where it was like, it looks like Batman Begins again. I don't like the, the fucking aesthetic of like, what if it was kind of real? Like the Batmobile doesn't really look like a Batmobile. It looks like a car someone might actually own. It's like fucking Penguin. They couldn't even find a real fat guy to play <laughs> the Penguin. He doesn't have a, a cigarette. He doesn't have a big top hat fucking riddler doesn't have a giant cane with a question mark on it and he doesn't have a bowler hat doesn't say riddle me this which is like all the shit i'm here for and the fact that the movie doesn't have any of that and it still really worked for me i think says a lot um but hey uh that's that's my you know i guess politically charged take on the movie Um, and like let let me let me kind of give you an off-ramp here too because like <laughs> oh no no because like it, it's it's unavoidable yeah it, it just un, it's unavoidable to not bring that up in, in a discussion for something also the as movie big as this. literally ends with like a fun the police message like the <laughs> the character that is an aoc stand-in is like you know we have to restore faith in our institutions mm-hmm. and i think my read on that, and this might be giving it too much credit. But it absolutely it, is, because I know you, Diego, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I think, considering that the, the Catwoman in this universe is also, like, kind of there to be, like, oh, like, of course, this fucking asshole Batman grew up rich. I think the film does a decent job of showing that, like, only certain people can kind of have faith in, in those institutions. Only certain people are kind of allowed, mm. uh, like, the resources to have like faith mm. 
in in institutions that are fundamentally broken. Now the film might lean too hard in the opposite way to break my argument, uh-huh. but that that is definitely the the read I got. Um, and we it was funny we were talking about it last night about uh, we said the Kamala Harris stand in. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah we were saying <laughs> because uh, the the every character in the movie, even if they're like bit parts, they tend to have like you can kind of get a feel of something more to them mm-hmm. right uh or at least like you can kind of see the world they come from except for her and that's nothing to do with the actress um or or like i just i felt like oh they she's give her kind of there to be like a progressive character which is not her, like, a problem i want to say that I, I i some people are probably just fucking like hate women and people of color and so yeah. that that character must have just broken them but that's not the problem <laughs> they do give her one moment at the end where she like wants to still go out and like try and calm the crowd even though she knows she's in danger which is uh presented a foolhardy but it does give her something yeah yeah um, like she, she's got conviction so like in in the i'm sure she'll come back in the sequel too because mm-hmm. like this this seems to really have its like finger on the pulse of creating like a gotham with lived-in characters right like so we can get more into her there, uh, which I don't like doing for other movies. You know, I don't like like, well, we'll see them more in the next one. But I thought this one did such a good job at like creating a world full of interesting characters on its own that I'm like, yeah, I, I want to come back to this. I want to see what else Matt Reeves does in this little pocket of the universe. And to, to go back to the, the police, the Gotham police force thing, Matt, you may be happy to know that it has since evolved away from that. Terrence Winter, the showrunner of Boardwalk Empire and Vinyl with Martin Scorsese, left the project like two years ago over creative differences. They never said what that was. It has now kind of evolved away from the Gotham police force into being about Arkham or something like that. Or hope it still said Gotham Police Department when I read what I read. And okay. it said it said told from the perspective of a, of a corrupt police officers which i feel like is what all the police narratives are going to be now where it's like we're going to present the police we're going to show there are bad police officers and then we're going to show there are good and we might even say we might even be really radical and suggest that there are more bad cops than good which this movie certainly does but we will never question the institution in any way and they will still be central and be like this is a pillar of the community <laughs> is the gotham police it's it's a thing of like i don't want to see like if you're right now if if you're all jazzed up from the recent talk of pro of uh defund the police and stuff and you're writing your script about corrupt police officers just take that shit fucking throw it out i don't want to see it i don't want to tell try to tell stories about communities about crime about all stuff without centering police you can have police in it a little bit because they do exist in reality unfortunately but you just we gotta we gotta think about our narratives a little differently. And I was gonna give this movie fucking Jim Gordon being the one good cop. Like I was gonna I was gonna be like fine because he gave, gave a good performance and was a lot of fun. And he helped Batman escape from the police at one point, which was a great sequence. And I was like fine, whatever. But it, I don't it, I you can feel the culture kind of shifting back if if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like it's pushing back against. And it's that weird thing of like uh, the anti-police protests and the January 6th protesters are the same thing when you get down to it, which seems to be the uh, narrative being pushed by Hollywood, um, which is a very comfortable narrative for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned about that. And it's very overt by the end of this movie. I mean, it is straight up. This felt like at the end, it felt like it was like, this is what 
uh, the rich and powerful think Antifa is. Like, that's what the ending of this movie kind of felt like for me. And I was going to let it slide, but it's, it's, we'll keep an eye on it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. If, if I could interject really quickly, um, like, because we were talking about, because I actually got fact, like, someone came up and, like, fact checked me today because I was tweeting about the idea of, like, the GCPD show, like, what are we doing here? Like, who's this, like, who's this being made for? And people were really quick to, like, reply to me. It's like, oh, that's not, like, what Diego said, it's not a cop show anymore. It's about Arkham. And then, uh, because this apparently, like, it's very timely, it got published today, that Matt Reeves started talking about it. And in his words, which I have pulled up right here, he says, um, uh, the GCPD thing, that story uh, has kind of evolved. We've actually now moved more into the realm of exactly what would happen in the world of Arkham as it relates coming off our movie and some of the characters, blah, blah, blah. It's like a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. That's the kind of vibe they're going for. And then one of the last things he says is the idea, again, the way that Gotham is a character in the movie, I really want Arkham to exist as a character. Okay. So I don't know. I don't no. know if all this stuff about like the cop characters is still going to be in that, but like this is coming off like today. Like this got posted okay. today. Yeah, I, I'm going on what I read last night and then got yeah. angry and got so angry I got tired and fell asleep. So uh, just, it, you know, if it shifts like that, I'm, I'm cool with that. It, and I was, I, like I said, I was going to give this movie a pass because I know it's been in the can for a while and like all our, yeah. like we're getting all this like backlog stuff that was written before a lot of weird shifts in our culture. Mm-hmm. um uh, that's that. that's also something else too like your your points are completely i i mean i agree with them i think you mm-hmm. and i are, are very much on, on similar pages mm-hmm. uh I'll, also I'll, I everyone understand that, yeah. i have i have no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> just, well you know, here's I, I mean the other thing is like yeah we're not like an authority on this not, like like i, I i'm sorry richard t- newbie stuff richard newbie stuff is just really well written and resourced and he's just like a critical voice in this space too but um <laughs> I, I would say that, like, or I would remind everyone that also this film was written three years ago, two years mm. ago, which is, uh, or maybe even four years ago, right? Because they started, film, they started production in 2019. <laughs> Listen, it's also one of those things that was like, it was so much stop and start with it because mm-hmm. of the, the whole Affleck. You can actually kind of feel the skeleton of like what might have been like Affleck's story in here with how the kind of, the criminals of God and also the citizens of Gotham kind of view Batman here. It's actually mm. a great like mission statement opening of the movie where he comes out and beats up those thugs <laughs> and he says, I'm vengeance, which I guess was in the trailer. Cause I was like, Oh, that's a cool thing to say. And everyone's like, you said it in the trailer. So I was like, Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, and then like the, the own citizen is afraid of the citizen he's saving is afraid of him. Like that's a good way to start to kind of recontextualize what you're doing with this Batman. And that feels like something that might have come off of uh, Batman v Superman, Batman, or whatever mm-hmm. they were planning on doing um, with Affleck. Um, the game. Uh, Matt, the game. Matt, Matt Reeves, he actually read that script before mm-hmm. he like decided to like come on. Like he got contacted to direct the Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he read it. And the only word that he's used to describe that, even in interviews today, is uh, James Bondian. Which I don't know what, I mean, I guess. Yeah. but um he just so, threw it out yeah i mean that could mean like globe trotting you know what i mean that could mean a whole lot of things so i don't know but um that is kind of similar to ben affleck what you what you just said about 
everyone like just being scared and like shitless. And I, I I I love that so much of this movie. I love that this Batman is just like they took him to being not just like a crime. He's like a weirdo. Like everyone thinks he's insane, and he kind of is. He's like, and he's also like just so emotionally detached. Um, I I thought all that it was. It's so interesting where even with like Christian Bale, it can feel like watching Batman Begins, you can actually kind of see him like finding his take on Batman as you watch mm-hmm. the movie. Whereas like Robert Pattinson, it felt like from fucking frame one knew, knew what take he was going for mm-hmm. with Batman. And that was so fascinating to kind of watch, um, which again, it's like, again, I gotta agree with Diego. It's three hours. It definitely feels long, but it didn't feel three hours long. And it kind of was, I really enjoyed the pace of it too. Um, and I also, I have to disagree with the people talking about the fucking third act of this thing. But again, <laughs> a lot of it was just my surprise of it, like where I didn't realize that, like, cause I love that it was like this really slow, methodical, like detective story for most of it of just like, and it's like, it's briefly interrupted by like short action. And I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. So then when it did get big, it surprised me but also it felt kind of earned of like okay you're gonna save the big set piece for the end my only question is um did they ever set up the gotham seawall was there like a line of dialogue yes in the beginning okay all right because that that was something where i was like oh there's a seawall all right whatever like it kind of caught uh, me metropolis and gotham twin cities oh yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, that great that great moment um <laughs> and then the other thing um i have to ask i, I just might have missed it um and i didn't i didn't like walk out to use the bathroom or anything for me but at the end when he kind of uh gives him that like drug that like charges him for a second was that set up before that no, uh, no. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah no there there's there i i i'm with you on that too i'm like there's definitely some stuff from like oh yeah the, the riddler has has the this army of incels like I think it works for mm-hmm. like the direction of the story, but like if I feel like if Matt Reeves was in like a college writing class, he'd get notes back from the professor. Hey, you didn't set these guys up earlier. Well, actually, I think there might be something interesting here, and maybe Andrew could fill me yes. in. So there's the one guy at the funeral that like there's kind of yes. like they they and is is that guy show up at the end? Is he one of the Riddler people? Yeah, I think at the end? isn't that the guy who gets punched in the face? Yeah, I, I you know what? I could. I couldn't tell in the moment. And no, like, it's hard to tell because his face is all fucked up. It, it's yeah. hard to tell because his face is all jacked up. But having the second time I watched it, there's little motifs and shit about like the people, like just the because like I think like the best Batman stories and the best Batman films specifically, they're, they're the ones that achieve at making like Gotham like a whole ass character. Like mm. everyday people get like really important roles out of nowhere, like in the Dark Knight and shit like that. Who's gonna blow up the other boat and stuff like yeah. that? It's then similar here that you go back. So there's that guy at the church, mm-hmm. and that shot of Bruce like walking away from the dude and the he's just a normal guy. He's like a nameless character, but the way that he like sips shifts back into like the shadows as he's walking away. Watching it again, you're like, oh, like Matt, like he's not setting the the insult army up like directly, but it's more kind of like he's like leaving crumbs. Yeah. because when he when batman arrives at the funeral as well there's a whole uh there's the riddler protesters there's a riddler protest yeah, yeah. and then if you the more that you watch well it's hard because like there's a lot of text scrolling when you watch the riddler's live streams there's a lot of people in the comment section yeah you can i tried to pay attention to that yeah. 
there's a lot of dumb shit in there like a lot of emojis and a lot of people making like dumb jokes which is funny but there's also a lot of like go get him riddler like fuck yeah riddler. <laughs> a lot of like people like supporting it yeah so yeah. stuff like that, i don't well no no I, i'm just i just want to say like because i like that stuff too because look i i am someone who is definitely like do we re- really need more realistic batman yeah i want to see clayface i want to see mr freeze <laughs> i want to see another poison ivy and we're just no, I, I tried to like spin it with Andrew last night. Went to go uh, to In and Out after the movie, and I was like, <laughs> maybe they could do. Th-. And I just I couldn't I couldn't find a it's grasp hard, on how yeah. you do like no. Clayface in this version. And that's you know that's fine because Matt Reeves clearly has a, a, a vision for for this version of that. It's yeah. still different from the Nolan stuff. Like aesthetically, stylistically, it's a very different movie. I fucking love these anamorphic lenses. I love the way the shadows just drop off. Like it's a dark fucking movie and it looks fucking dark all the time and it's oh, it so looks good. fantastic. Yeah, it looks, it um, looks great. Greg Fraser, I think this might be his best work as a cinematographer. Like, oh, ever. oh. I, I, I think he's he's, he's one of my goats. He's one of my my faves. But he, th- this is like next level stuff. Um, Men in Dune. Yeah, yeah, I like it more than Dune. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Oh. Yeah, you know what? It's better than it's better than Dune visually, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I, I think it's a better movie too. I don't know if that makes me a, a, a shill. <laughs> might, you know, I, they're both by Warner Brothers. Uh huh. So, yeah, yeah, so I might be a shill. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what I really liked? Um, I think we got more Penguin in this fucking movie than actual Riddler on screen. I feel like that, yeah. And I fucking love Colin Farrell's Penguin, which was like one of those things where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. <laughs> and uh, it's also, I got to say though, it was maybe it's just because I'm watching The Sopranos again. It looks like they just wanted James Gandolfini for the Penguin, yeah. but James Gandolfini's dead. Mm-hmm. So they just like make him look like James Gandolfini. Like, Oh, was it the Richard Kind people kept saying he looks like Richard Kind? He, oh, like, yeah. he definitely he looked a little bit like Richard Kind. Yeah. Um, I never thought about penguin. James Gandolfini penguin and that oh RIP. And it looks like guy, but like that would have been perfect. If it had been Gandolfini, they would have just done the nose a little bit to make it more penguin-like, and that would have been it. And instead they just yeah. did Colin Farrell's whole face. Um, and I just loved him as just I mean, I was honestly like it's one of those things where you're expecting like I was expecting Penguin to show up and like have two scenes and then he leads to another scene and then mm-hmm. I was expecting Carmine Falcone to be like the guy who shows up in the first scene and then he gets taken out really quick and then it's like but the Riddler's the real threat and instead like there was like overarching stuff with these characters which I I've just come to not expect from superhero movies these days right. where it feels like it's oh, it's Dr. What's-His-Fuck and he's going to show up and like, it's like, I know who that is because I read the comic book. <laughs> and then he's like, here's a ticket that leads to a party where the other guy's at. And then it's like, that's it. And it's like, oh. And he says the one thing he says in the comics and it's like, ah. And, it's come <laughs> off, yeah. You know, yeah. But it, I, so I was thrilled that it was so kind of interconnected. And I like that they're kind of setting up Penguin being like an overarching villain, maybe if they make more of these. Like, yeah. I would love to see that. The, uh, I, I guess the, the Matt Reeves thing, because he's producing and I believe he co-wrote um, at least the pilot and is, is talking to the, the hand-picked producer he chose to run the Penguin <laughs> show, which means whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. HBO Max, been... what if it's just The Sopranos? <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Need some more uh, Sopranos cast to be in that. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. That are still like, alive. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's a stereotypical, like, Italian mob boss Colin Farrell's doing, but he's, like, killing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, what, what Matt Reeves was saying was that, like, 
you know, I have like, uh, we, we want to do like a rise and fall narrative, like a, like a Scarface type narrative with the penguin. And then someone, I forget what, what interview it was, but someone asked him like, oh, so they're like plans to do more with the penguin. And he would like, he was given a tepid response, but basically said like, you know, like, where we could go with the character, I thought, well, why don't we just flesh that out in a series? And so the next time we would catch up with that character, hypothetically, if we do a sequel, you would understand um, their change in like worldview or something like that. Yeah. So at least, at least he's know, not like, lying. Like he's like, I got it all planned out on a big board. Yeah, you know, I mean, all, any all these fuckers that say that they're lying because movies, movies get changed as you make them and that's but nerds fine. want nerds want that because now the yeah. narrative anytime a movie is bad every narrative that comes out now is that at one point the movie was good and then mm. someone came in and then went to the chalkboard and like erased all the plans <laughs> and it was like and then drew a big dollar sign and said ha and then left the room <laughs> and like that's what every like film narrative online is and i'm sure that i'll pop up about this movie because if you were obsessing about the trailers, maybe you probably came up with some stupid theory about what the fuck was going on that is not present in the film at all. And now it's like, clearly that was the original plan. But then fucking Kathleen Kennedy snuck out of Lucasfilm and broke into the DC offices <laughs> and changed all their plans. Like, it's, I, it, you know, I'm so glad I didn't pay attention to any of the marketing because it was such a thrill. Like so much of it was a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, all the stuff I knew was stuff that kind of made me be like, I don't know about this. Like, I wasn't super excited. And then the movie ended up being really good. So it was, uh, uh, you know what I was, I got to say, um, an opinion that like changed while I was watching the movie, um, Paul Dano's Riddler, um, which when he was first introduced, I was like, I was very much like, I don't know about Zodiac Killer Riddler, like. And there's the scene when he had the cop in the, the fucking rat trap thing. And it was kind of like, I had a moment where I'm like, man, are we really doing the Dark Knight scene again? Like this, mm -hmm. like, all right, like to reference that scene, it's like, that scene's kind of really iconic. And yeah. to reference it would be like, that's a little much, man. I was kind of not feeling it. But when we finally get Paul Dano without the mask, it like the whole character like shifted for me. Like it almost got a little meta for a second where it's like oh this guy thinks he's fucking heath ledger joker like this guy thinks that but he really is just kind of this kind of broken dude who is desperate for like to fix the world that fucking broke him you know like and that so i like literally like in the third act i suddenly went like oh this character is actually really good <laughs> mm -hmm. so i yeah i had the same feeling too the first time i saw it i was like that kind of is, is paul dano kind of the weak link the second time it just immediately clicked for me because I remembered where it ends up and I'm like, oh no, his it's a front, it's it's a mask. He's literally wearing a mask, so it mm. should be fucking obvious to me, but it wasn't. And I was like, oh yeah, that's not really it, it's just a performance. Mm -hmm. He's his performance is of a performance, you know. <laughs> and then like Paul Dano does have like certain mannerisms with his crazier performances, you know, with he'll kind of like scream and then the scream will turn into a sentence. Yeah. And he does a lot of that. And I was like, is he phoning it in? And then it, it really hit me the second time. Like, oh, no, he's like, he's really playing like he really went for a, it. a fucking weirdo. And like, it's mm -hmm. a genuinely weird performance. Like, it is unsettling to watch because it's so weird. Not like fucking Jared Leto's yeah. weird because he doesn't know how to like <laughs> act, you know, like his Joker is just like there, there's no direction to that character yeah. and not in a way that's meaningful. He just 
is a bad actor. Yeah, or even Paul uh, Dano, just, like, yeah. yeah, Paul Dano is just just a, a weird, sad, angry, broken dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who wants like that 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 lost family that he cannot have, and like he's lashing out at the world. Like I don't know. It's a really fascinating interpretation of the Riddler, and mm-hmm. it's also something I have to like set apart, like. Cause I'm like you, man. I'm like I. I don't want more serious Riddler. I want. I want like. I want my Jim Carrey back. And then it's <laughs> like, okay, well, this is like a. Bit, oh, let me, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I want. You know, I want somewhere in the middle. I want, okay. Like, okay. I want. But maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's why. Like, because that maybe would just be like the Marvel Batman movie, which like, who wants to fucking mm. see that? But, um, you know, I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is, is they went for it. I, I like that they really took it seriously. Like, it didn't feel like they were trying to hit like targets that were set up by like focus groups or something or like Mm -hmm. to be like well we have to top heath ledger's joker in some way which feels like the burden on every batman movie going forward of like we got to meet that performance and i feel like no we're we're gonna let this character be his own character and that's the other thing i i gotta agree like it's so clear matt reeves fought for every single fucking thing that's in this goddamn movie and basically one so like i have to kind of respect it on that level um so i don't know it's it, it was super it was just a super engaging movie again i have to rewatch it i wonder how i'm gonna feel on rewatch if i'm gonna be as because i'm I like so much of my high from it is kind of the surprise of it so mm-hmm. i would have to check it out again so maybe on rewatch i'll be like eh, this doesn't work as much this is blah, blah 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 but um yeah right now i'm, I'm super hyped about it even with the fucking preamble i went on about how angry i am with our culture but yeah um, it's better than uh than being like dark knight rises or something yeah i mean uh that, that yeah we we were, i was re-watching that because i was like oh man i forgot how pro cop this one is yeah that, that would have been weird. weird i was kind of waiting for that moment in this movie like there was kind of a part of me that's like are the cops probably gonna be like no more and like rise up and then <laughs> i mean they had the one shot which kind of sucked where uh the Turo was like i own the police the police work for me and then like they don't all and i'm like <laughs> well how does he know all those guys are good like yeah i mean you know yeah, uh, I, I i thought like when he got shot i thought it was going to show like a cop holstering their gun or something and i would have been like oh fuck yeah yeah you know <laughs> that doesn't solve all the problems with <laughs> the film <laughs> um but I, I also, I will say, back to the Batman retrospective Matt and I did, like Dark Knight Rises, yeah, it's very pro-cop with the, the cops versus Bane's working class army, or the, the yeah. prisoner yeah. army, yeah, which is not great either, because <laughs> a lot of them turned out to be, like, wrongfully incarcerated. Yeah, all the people locked term. up for the, the, the yeah. death act. Um, yeah. But, you know, that film does also notably end with the hero cop throwing his badge away, which doesn't solve all that film's problems. Mm-hmm. But it does end with, with like, images of normal people of Gotham trying to rebuild, not the, the cops, like, parading through the streets, which I think is intentional. And I do like that this movie ends with, like, martial law has been declared. And that's not, like, stated as a good thing. It's just, like, this is where we're at. Like, yeah. it's more of, like... <laughs> like, oh, on shit. some level, I think you have to, you cannot expect a realistic, quote-unquote, realistic depiction of Batman to healthily address these these very yeah. real issues. That's not a defense of it, because I, I do want them to lean into the more fantastical, especially because the style, I think, would look, like, imagine Clayface in this context. Like, they just start moving away from the realism again. 
I would be all for that. I really would be. We'll see. But, um, I, I want to say, I want to reiterate, Mary, I'm not asking for fucking Batman to pop to the screen and go a cab and like punch someone in the face. Mm. I'm saying like to like stop centering cops in the narrative. Like mm. is my whole big thing. Even if you're going to make it about like corrupt police. And it's so hard because Jim Gordon is such like an integral character to the Batman yeah. thing. Right. But, well, I mean, I don't know the, the, the Schumacher and Tim Burton ones, they weren't really, was it, I don't think the police were really involved in those. Well, that's because there's bumbling trombone police yeah. in those fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, there you, <laughs> you go. Know? Like, they're just a bunch of goofs. And <laughs> they get kicked down the stairs and shit. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And they go up against criminals with neon on their guns. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, I, I, that's all I'm saying is that, like, I don't want it. To, I don't want these movies to be about like Batman, quote unquote, fixing the police department. I guess mm-hmm. if if we're gonna have the police in there, I want them to just suck forever. I guess at least. Um, but I don't know. It's complicated. And it's asking a lot for a fucking Batman movie to handle it. So, um, and I guess, and a lot of this movie is kind of about like where does Batman fit in this world anymore? Like it is so much that internal journey for him. And that's certainly a question we've been asking about a lot of institutions. So it's I, by design, the movie has to come down and be like, yeah, but the fundamentals are strong and shit. Like it's just to make it work as a narrative. But like if, if, if this was the first movie and it fucking ended with, eh, let's not be Batman anymore. I think Warner Brothers executives maybe wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, it was just... The, the whole speech at that at the end was kind of like the thing that made me go like, mm, yeah, I don't know about this. That feels like if Matt Reeves lost any battle, it was that because that definitely feels like an executive coming in and being like, we can't end it super hopeless. Give this, you know, at the end. And um, it's this weird thing of like, because it's, it's so disaster centric and we're kind of living through a lot of like multiple disasters happening at once in this country that it's this weird thing of like, like, trying to get people ready for a collapse, but then saying the state must endure, which is a narrative I feel coming. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that narrative, but, um, cause who fucking got us into this mess motherfuckers <laughs> anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, here really quick before, before we, we keep sharing stuff, I did tell people on Twitter, I was going to read responses. So I must do that right now. Uh, Daniel, that's Dan Doherty, of course, at cold take artist said it's an excellent movie. Rob Patterson playing Batman as a looming specter prone to violence while doing his detective work was chef kiss uh, at way to dawn 86 said loved the movie without giving away anything. I hope they don't fully go the route with a certain teased character at the end. Oh yeah. It's been yeah. done. So let's introduce others who the general uh, public and fans have not seen before. And I wish we got a little more from Andy circus, Andy circus yeah. first. And then let's talk about the Joker cheese. Um, Andy circus, I think is great. And the most boring iteration of Alfred so far. No, no, no. He's got a lot going on in his few scenes, which <laughs> no, is no, no. Really yeah. Let me, let me. That was that was a very saucy uh, <laughs> attempt to rile up conversation. He's great, Alfred. And Alfred are you forgetting? Is, is and are good. you fucking forgetting that Jeremy Irons, who did fucking nothing in his two movies? Jeremy like, Irons was awesome, though. Yeah, but he did nothing. Oh, he doesn't have like an arc or anything other than functional things of like I'm gonna pull this lever here, and that's a plot thing now. It's like yeah. he might as well have not been in those fucking movies. 
Um, I liked your marriage. I almost laughed. I had to stop myself from laughing because I thought when I thought Alfred got blown up in that one scene, I thought he was dead. And it almost made me laugh because I'm like, God damn, Andy Serkis, it's like he gets killed in Star Wars, he gets killed in Black <laughs> Panther, and now he's like, oh, he's in the DC universe now. And it's like, nope, first time out, fucking dead. <laughs> and I almost, I almost laughed. Um, I would love to see, I'd love to see more. Also, uh, he said that he, when he was breaking the code at the one point, um, he mentions like his time in the circus, um, which is the circus is the name for the intelligence group in the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy books oh. in the George Smiley novels. So I was like, aha, another fan of that shit. So <laughs> that maybe won me over to him a little more. Um, but no, I, I like, I loved Andy Circus. I just like Andy Circus. He's kind of one of those guys that makes any movies and kind of a little more fun. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I wish I wanted to see more of that Alfred. He was just mm-hmm. in like three scenes. They no, just kind of like to have, probably in like five. No, I think he's like I think he's in three because it's like gives him cufflinks. The beginning dies, and then I think yeah, that's. I would say like yeah, four. it's about three. It's like three or four because it's like yeah, the beginning cufflinks gets blown up, and then he's in the hospital. So, yeah. oh wow, you're right. exactly four. He was too busy with Venom versus Carnage. Or... Yeah. You can break down. You can break down a lot of characters like that, where like they kind of only have a few moments, but they feel like they're in the movie a lot. Like Catwoman actually doesn't have that many scenes when you really break down, but she feels like such a presence throughout the movie. Um, what's his name? The guy who gets blown up in the church. Um, it's oh, like, um, I like it. yeah, Darsgard. Darsgard. Which might be my favorite scene in the movie was that church sequence. Like that whole was just fantastic. I forgot like what it's like to get like really tense watching like a movie in theater. Oh yeah. And, like, <laughs> as, when the countdown starts and it's like a last like 15 seconds or whatever, it's like I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. And like I knew he was gonna like like if you watch the trailers, like you can kind of piece together what happened. That's just with every movie now, right? Mm-hmm. So like, okay, he's gonna blow up, right? But I was like, oh shit, like it's gonna happen. And I got scared of it like happening on screen like yeah. it didn't matter that i knew I, like, I was like i was like I batman it. you're gonna move out of the way right yeah, <laughs> right no. and then it got goes it just kept going and it, i mean it's it's not just like an exciting set piece mm. it's like kind of scary also but like you know then it establishes like oh this dude's like willing to die for that like whatever's happening here is so like serious that this dude will not give up information and would rather die than, than mm. but like, even that's be- like fucking huge before that like the actual car crashing into the like that this buildup of that where like you just hear screaming outside it was like surprisingly intense mm-hmm. for a goddamn tentpole movie like yeah you just, like i mean you really don't see that and i i have to agree i think it was andrew that said logan it's like his best like it really did kind of have that like i haven't felt that way since logan where logan kind of surprised me in similar ways of like oh wow i just didn't like i forgot blockbusters could go here because yeah. so many of them don't these days yeah it's, um, it's not like hogwash you know it doesn't i I, even though it's like a a murkier looking film like it's very clearly intentional and it's not that they just forgot to like grade the footage or something (laughs) um and they're like you know it's a very dark looking movie and even that that church funeral scene it's like when batman comes out of the shadows it's like it's really well like lit and uh choreographed uh i I also want to say uh to to go back to the other point i mentioned the joker scene which is Mm -hmm. um in the movie there was apparently another scene beforehand uh i don't think anyone's seen it so far so maybe it's just matt reeves talking out of his butt god bless him for this movie but he uh, matt reeves was saying that 
there was a scene earlier with that version of the Joker to kind of establish that like that was one of the first people that this Batman had fought and he's kind of dealt with that already and mm-hmm. so when the Riddler stuff starts kicking up he goes to see the Joker and is like hey what'd you do <laughs> and then yeah. it, it would be like oh this not me not me this time see you later dude and like, then they would pick up later with yeah. that that little tease at the end um which he has also said uh he may be also talking out of his ass again but Matt Reeves has also said that yeah don't expect him to be like the the lead of the next movie though mm. which I am also okay with that being said until I I heard all of that when I first saw the movie I was like that's cool but why is that here <laughs> it, it, it's the one like kind of this movie is so good which is like I'm kind of a little worried about Matt Reeves being involved with all the spinoff shit because he's this movie felt so contained and it, it felt like so smart of like, oh, I don't need to know any fucking ancillary shit to know what's going on. I was so good at being like, Batman's been going for about two years now. You, you blah, blah, blah. Here's what happens. Boom, boom, boom. Here's his relationship. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm a little worried that he might get too reliant on like, oh, well, I set that up in another thing. And that was like the only moment where I'm like, we're doing the Batman Begins tease again yeah. at the end of the second yeah. movie. Like, it's a little weird um but hey you know i, I hope yeah i don't want to see joker this soon as like a primary antagonist but have them in a spinoff no no i don't even want that like i just no. just have them have them be like uh in, in the b plot next time I, here's what here's what i do i would take joker and i would make like a joker movie but I would base it on Taxi Driver <laughs> and The King of Comedy. And I would cast De Niro as a guy who's somehow both Johnny Carson and David Letterman, which doesn't make any sense. And I would make it about a uh, cancel culture because you know how people recorded stand-up acts all the time on their camcorders in the 80s and then sent them into talk shows. And, you know, I would, I would, I, I, I don't know. I think, I don't mean to be a little grandiose, but I think we could get a Best Picture nomination, and I th- think we could make a million dollars with that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, we, and, we, and maybe we could really say something <laughs> about society mm-hmm. and how people can't take a fucking joke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah. be onto something. Mm-hmm. For for everything that Matt Reeves got away with, like Warner Brothers is like notorious for like being on like their bullshit. Like yeah. during like the Snyder years, because of everything going back and forth, it's like, well, WB is gonna WB, you know. For and for they kind of seem to be like on trying to make amends for all of that. Be like, no, guys, like, look, like we can let people actually tell their stories, right? Yeah. Unlike unlike some of the other uh, the competition, right? But right. for everything that Matt Reeves got, it's like, yes, Matt, you can have you can have junkies be like a big part of the plot. Don't worry, we can show people getting high. We can show people going into just not uh, smoking. Like, yeah, we can show people Trip doing up. drugs, but the fucking penguin cannot smoke a yeah. goddamn oh, cigarette. Right. Don't right. you even fucking think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep, yeah, they keep going down the list. Like, yeah, you can have this. You can show someone get like bluntly murdered with a fucking iron tool. But but if you want to get away with this, man, you want to do that? Put the Joker in. You gotta get his Joker. That does that does kind of feel More like Joker. You yeah. can't do any of this without Joker. Like at least have him in somehow because that scene. As, even the first time I saw it, like I was on a high, but when he popped out, I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, really?" Yeah. Well, I was gonna because say it doesn't. That that scene doesn't feel like it belongs in the movie. Yeah, it feels yeah. like like a Marvel fucking typical. Yeah, yeah. This is what you're gonna see next time. It's like what? I will say, I was at least happy it wasn't like a post credit thing. Like I, I like right. that it was kind of in the narrative. Like so, 
you know, hey, yeah, but it was just like, it is kind of the one like, like I don't know about that, but yeah. Also, um, yeah, you've had like three Jokers in yeah, the past like two years. There's currently three Jokers. Like it feels like three Jokers are running around right now because <laughs> they brought him back for the end of the Snyder Cut. They brought what's his fuck back, and then it's like there's all this talk about doing a Joker too because that people have no fucking morals or values at that studio and um and now it's like oh and that is another joker and it's just like i was so worried there was going to be a moment though where it was like aha this is actually a sequel to joker like i felt like that was going to be the thing like oh my god can you imagine well because there was so much nonsense in the fucking joker movie about like they they wrote that movie so like awkwardly where it's like he Joaquin Phoenix doesn't have to actually be the Joker, but one of the people inspired by him could have been the Joker. And and yeah. I remember when this was like a year ago when they were like, which I guess wasn't true. They were like, this Batman is like a '90s Batman. They said it was going to be set in the '90s. Yeah, was like, the fuck does that mean? But then you watch the movie, and that's not true at all. So um, just listens to '90s music. But when when I heard that, and like Joker was set in kind of like an '80s, I was like, oh fuck, are they gonna fucking? Oh, is it just gonna be a fucking Joker sequel? And thankfully, that didn't happen. I- so. Yeah, I yeah. think right now we're at a really good point, like before the storm hits, because um, it's just really like we got this really like, like amazing self-contained like story. Mm. And later this year, we're going to see two. We're going to see Batman two more times. Yeah. Ben Affleck other... in the Flash. Ben Affleck's in the Flash and Michael Keaton's in the Flash. And then mm. we're going to get that Batgirl movie that's on HBO Max. And Michael Keaton's in that back movie on HBO Max and J.K. Simmons is Jim Gordon on that movie. And those movies come out in November and December. So right oh, now, like I said, so we're in the calm confusing. before the storm. Like, yeah, we're like in the really good, like, uh, how great was that we got this movie and it's self-contained and yeah, and something new. But later down the year, trust me, like as much as we're batting, not even we're not batting, but we're giving compliment, we're saying nice things about WB. Yeah. Like, hey, they let Matt Reeves do all this. They're gonna be. I think that they might be back on their bullshit this year. Yeah, I think Just, we're gonna get all this other stuff. As long as they do all that shit like over there, like as long yeah. as it's like <laughs> let Matt Reeves do his thing over here. I, I, yeah, like, like I do don't like, know. Just and then like because they kept trying to force shit on Nolan back yeah. in the day, and yeah. they kind of but Nolan kind of was able to keep his own kingdom. Just do that again, and then like do all this weird like spin-off stuff that is just to promote hbo max it's right like content whatever just fucking do that and i'm re- i'm really worried when they take away that uh ben affleck uh batman you're gonna have like a snyder hunan uh, uprising yeah. at warner brothers they're gonna like <laughs> rush the studio <laughs> well, nobody knows what that movie's about legit well, yet, but like kind of, judging, kind no, of could... no, but judging from like again from the slate from what the set photos whatever it's like it's more than likely Ben Affleck is going to be erased from like whatever like, you want to yeah. call the continuity, and Michael mm-hmm. Keaton is going to come back and collect that bag once more, yeah. and then he's going to like frame the new Batgirl, and then it's just really weird to think that all of this shit is still going to be this year after this movie, and it, you know what I mean? It's like how the fuck do you want? I don't know. Maybe it's different now because Marvel proved that people don't care about continuity as long as you show them things that you that they recognize. They'll they'll go to the movie theaters and they'll pay money. But like, how do you expect people to catch up with this bullshit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even I mean, like, yeah. What the, is- the big thing that breaks it even further for me is that like, look at how fucking good this movie looks like constantly. Uh, to right. read to read another tweet 
tweet really quickly. Uh, at Jacob Knight, JK said, absolute banger of a film, so much emotion, all the shots had purpose, and I missed see- seeing Batman be a detective. Hope they bring in Robin for the next one. Gotta lighten our boy up. And it's like we, Andrew, you and I had that conversation last night. I was like, I, I want, like, I think the Bat family could fit into the next movie. Because this is kind of like, here's all the Batman shit in one movie, right? For three hours, mm-hmm. basically. The next one's like, okay, how does he grow? Because th- the end of this film is like, hey, you cannot survive on your own here. Like, it, uh-huh. it's every problem and, in the film he, he comes across is solved by, like, opening himself up. Basically. And I think with the age of Robert Pattinson, we could finally get a fucking movie where they're like, Robin's a goddamn kid instead of casting, like, a 30-year-old. And then, Chris like, O'Donnell. Yeah, and just being like, partner, brother, we gotta fucking do this. Like, and they compete over Poison Ivy or some poor shit. Like, um, yeah, but, like, oh, God, I did not know about all the shit you were talking about, Andrew, of just, like, I mean, like I said, like, whatever, like, they gotta make the fucking content shit. Like, as long as they keep these worlds Deal separate, you the know, content melt, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're if Michael Keaton Batman is coming back, fuck that. Get DeVito Penguin in that shit. Like yeah. do it immediately. Like just because why not? Like who cares anymore? Yeah. I mean that <laughs> yeah. for that stuff, like that. I I mean, look, you're getting the director He'd come back to, to, to make the Flash movie. That's like just who's doing it? Uh Andy, Andy Muschietti. And yeah. The he did the it movies and mama. Oh yeah, those are bad movies. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, <laughs> so like, no, no. I, I mean, it chapter two is like maybe one of the worst movies I've ever one seen. Star movie. It, it, it's yeah. a one star movie. It, it is, but like, yeah, oh, just do all the dumb bullshit with that one. Yeah. Put Penguin in the Flash too. Um, although shout out to him for casting a brown Supergirl. Thumbs up. Um, sorry, she has to be in that movie, but let her get the bag. And like, just yeah, just fucking put all the dog shit over there. Put all the Marvel copy <laughs> stuff over there. <laughs> and then let James Wan just do whatever the fuck he wants with Aquaman 2. Yeah. Uh, I'm there for more Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't the mind Rock the continuity. I don't mind yeah, none of these the continuities Rocks. making sense. Like, yeah, no, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm either. fine with that. Um, I just, I, I just, I'm here yeah. for like the occasional good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like even though we've, we've all like... Occasional one. We, we've all totally Observe. ragged on, on the Marvel stuff. I don't want to spend more time on that. We've all ragged on like the DC stuff for blatantly trying to copy Marvel. Like it's not even a secret. Suicide Squad is just them trying to do Guardians of the Galaxy, and it blew up in their face immediately with that and Justice League, right? Mm. And then after that, they were like, okay, let our directors do stuff. And then what we discover is that sometimes directors just aren't very good at their jobs. But, yeah. like, that's kind <laughs> of the way you want the the industry to work, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if someone's going to make a bad movie, let them make a bad movie on their own terms. Right. I can live with that. Here's, here's a question. Um, has Kevin Smith Posted no. a picture of himself yeah. crying. Yeah, he no. did. Oh, did he, he did. Really? Uh, I think he did. did yeah. Did I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Because I, I was did. like, that will determine the future of this film. Like, if if Kevin Smith didn't do that, but like he would totally do it for fucking Michael Keaton coming back and goddamn whatever the Flash meets Batman of two worlds mm-hmm. or some horseshit. Like, <laughs> you know, he's an emotional uh, man, I guess. And how the fuck? I just gotta say, like, as just a nerd, it's like it's so fucked up to be like the Flash, and then Michael Keaton Batman's back, and then all this other shit, and it's like oh Black Adam, which no one really cares about, and like all this, and it's like Superman is still kind of like on the ropes. Like, yeah, it's like they can't, we got that. Can't uh, got that. Abrams isn't Abrams doing? Oh, <laughs> oh, he is. He is. But it's like a. 
and, and it's another separate bullshit thing. Oh, all right. And it's the it's one he's of been, the black he's been, uh, he's been getting his uh, knives ready for that for the last twenty years. Oh yeah, because remember- that that Superman script that like leaked and was so bad, he basically got run off the project because of the got bullied off. Like, yeah, he pushed him off the, the um, thing. Get out of here! Like, oh god, there's here. a guy I don't want to do Superman. It's fucking JJ <laughs> Abrams. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, I feel yeah. like uh, I feel like um, or excuse me, Matt Revs is like kind of using JJ to like, all right, whatever you go first, whatever you do, I'll do the opposite of. Mm-hmm. That'll, <laughs> that'll make Where the me, fuck uh, did Matt Reeves come from? Honestly, like it's it's so strange that like it's like well, oh you're gonna do the Planet of the Apes sequels and yeah, they're gonna be like oh they're gonna be some of the best blockbusters mm-hmm. of their respective decade like he, that's that's yeah, nuts. He got where he is just being I guess Abrams' friend, just sticking I, around, had to put yeah. up with his uh, nonsense. Well, I mean the, the like <laughs> look we, we we rag on Abrams too because Rise of yeah. Skywalker, Jesus Christ, rightfully but, so, um, yeah, but like. <laughs> It uh, he's not untalented. He has oh. odd story inclinations that will uh-huh. often conflict yeah. with the very like direction he's giving the story or the vision no, maybe, of the production. Maybe I do relate to Matt Reeves because it's kind of like working with someone on like a multi-year <laughs> project and like they say stupid <laughs> shit all the time, and then you gotta be there and be like, and occasionally they say like a smart thing and you're like, okay, I'll take that piece, and then but all that other stuff they say is stupid. I don't know how I could possibly relate to that, but I, I do as a guy named Matt. So it's, it's you know, uh, hey, who knows? Hey, that's so weird. My, my childhood nickname growing up was JJ. That's strange. Oh, I wasn't uh, talking about you. <laughs> talking about another guy. The other podcast. <laughs> the other retrospectives. It is uh, kind of funny to bring up JJ and Matt's history because they've known each other since like they were like 13. And they used to make like short films together and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, it's cool to sing a lot. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another funny thing is that Matt Reeves, he most recently, like, he's, he's been on the junket. Like, he talked about how he went to USC and one of his screenwriting teachers was Jeff Loeb, who wrote, obviously, oh. like, who wrote Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, when, when someone asked them, like, well, when, why did you choose to like choose Long Halloween as one of the inspirations for this story? And he goes, well, I went to USC and my teacher was Jeff Loeb. And, <laughs> and that dude, you know, he had like a really like strong run back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Like incredible run. And then so I think went it, off it's the a, cliff. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's kind of funny how all of these things tie together yeah. and how like you can clearly see like, oh, that's kind of cool. I know. But it's kind of weird because I think me and Diego talked about this last night. It's like that final shot where Batman and Catwoman drive off and then they, they split up at the end and they go separate ways. Like that's Matt Reeves and JJ in their career. Yeah. And like Matt's looking at the mirror in his bike and he sees JJ going into the smoke and he's like, there he goes. Like he's off to do good And then he just heads back to like, but my city's calling me. And he goes back. That's the perfect like like symbolism of their of their relationship and their careers. Like wow. completely opposite. Wow. That's fascinating, honestly. That's a fascinating take. It's a good read <laughs> yeah. on that uh, uh that movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been saying they're a dyad in the force ever since the Rise of Skywalker came out. <laughs> oh, so it's, oh, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, oh, what no, does it mean? Uh, it's, it's, they're related to Palpatine. That's it. This is what I can ignore. Palpatine. But also they're kind of like brother and sister if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, when you think was, about it too hard. Yeah. yeah. But not literally, guys. <laughs> 
That would be an insane thing for someone to say, especially if they were the director of that film. I can't believe uh, of all the bad shit of, of with Rise of Skywalker. Until now, I didn't even think of that. Like, I didn't even go like, oh, now they're related. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. I think it's like his aunt, technically. If they, yeah. if you're really nerdy about it, that's, uh, that's wow. we're not getting into that. Okay, Batman. Ever um, ex- all right, yeah. More, more, more Batman. Uh, at at mile. No, not that's not that. That's called well, Palpatine showed up at Arkham at the end of this movie. You <laughs> thought, that was, thought that was a bit much. He was attached to like a giant like crane thing, mm-hmm. and it was like, what the fuck is that? It's like it helps patients, whatever. Like who cares? Cat and there was a, my granddaughter. And did you did you not like the scene where they were regrowing Andy Circuses in like giant <laughs> vats like at the hospital? And it was just like <laughs> no that that's amazing because. It's like, you know, we, we all had these fan theories like, well, if it's the emperor, then he's probably like, he's misgrown, you know, he's not supposed to look like that. And then they cut to the vats. And it's seven. And it's just like, like, they all look the same. It's like, so you know that they were stupid. Sometimes you're supposed to let a movie like be told visually. And like, sometimes it's better than not say anything. Like, Rice Skywalker is like the exact opposite where they should have shown fucking so much less than they showed in that goddamn movie. Because it's just like, the shot is like that raises so many more questions all right miles harris said i dug the foreboding ominous tone slash vibe throughout the film how the structure felt like a detective mystery story rather than mm-hmm. the illusion of one and i think that's important because a lot of these movies say like you know maybe some a pair of directors might say our film was inspired by out of sight and then you watch the yeah. film they're referring to it and you're like what yeah. the fuck are you talking about it's <laughs> nothing out of sight it's like uh, out of sight french connection yeah, uh, who said right. that recently? I'm sorry, uh, I don't. It's like Rousseau Brothers. Rousseau oh, Brothers said okay. that about Infinity War. Winter Soldier and Heat. Back, no, back Winter Soldier and Heat. I can at least yeah. see. At I least can at least out- see it. An yeah. outlier. But this movie's fucking closer to Heat than fucking yeah. <laughs> Winter Soldier was. I, like... I, it's yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll finish reading the rest of the tweet because it's good. The camaraderie between Bruce and Selena and Bruce and Gordon, the world building, never being at the expense of the story. Uh, the Riddler being menacing and tragic, every character being connected to the case. Some of the best action in the series so far makes Gotham feel like a character in real mm-hmm. shithole. Mm-hmm. I have nitpicks about pacing and exposition, but I remain in awe of the film. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we talked about it earlier, but I really want to reiterate that the pacing is like really good in this yeah like, it doesn't yeah it, it really builds to that big finale because so often in these big movies now it's like here's what we can do with all this money like let's, let's just throw it yeah yeah there's was... never like a flow to it like you know sometimes people get a little tired of like simple act one act two act three each action scene gets bigger 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 mm. but also it definitely helps a film become more palatable if you follow that structure you don't mm. need to do it all the time but it, it makes a difference when you know how to do it right. Like sometimes the easiest solution is the best solution, you yeah. know? And this is that for three hours. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, um, going off the, that tweet, I was very glad to see, uh, well, first Batman and Catwoman be, uh, have tension, like sexual tension again. Cause. Oh yeah. In Rises. He's a voyeur. He's a fucking voyeur. In the first yeah. shot. Like, it it just opens up with the fucking Brian De Palma shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, I was at a point where I'm like, well, we're never going to see anything even approaching that in yeah. cinema again. And it was like, yeah. oh, it's the first five minutes of a goddamn Batman movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, no, that was, was good. And then, and then too, like in uh, Rises and the Nolan movies, he's so like uh, sexless, I guess. Because and... he's terrified of women. 
and to be the, fair here like mm-hmm. the, there is like tension between, between uh, Bruce and Selena yeah but I also like that Bruce has also probably never like fucked before and no, so like, he, there's yeah, a clear attraction but he also doesn't know what to do with it and that kind of makes it more exciting in a I weird way I think he's probably fucked I guess I don't think so this. like that's not a problem I, I like that like this version of Bruce is like uh, weirdo he's, yeah he's a weirdo and he, he kind of plays him almost like a little kid not oh, in like yeah. some some uh mental health like reductive kind of way but like he doesn't know how to be a person because he's like rejected that at that age he's yeah. like no i just need to be batman all the time and that gets a really interesting performance out of him like i love these little touches robert pattinson has when he's like walking up out of the the manor into the light like in the dining room or wherever Alfred's working, he like he sees the stun and he starts squinting. He's like, ugh, and he puts his sunglasses on. <laughs> and it's not complicated. It's just a simple little motion, a simple little act, and it adds so much to that performance, you know? And there's lots of little things like that that I really liked that show him like just not knowing how to be a human being. And this film ends with the note that like, hey, dude, you, you, you can't just be this. You, vengeance is not like the answer, which is not a complicated like- I was- this- for a Batman movie. Another thing, um, there was a tweet going around. I don't know if you saw, it was like, "What's the worst trope in like movies recently?" And I saw multiple people responding with like, saying that doing this will make us just like the bad guys. And then Batman literally <laughs> says that to yeah. Selena yeah. at one point, which is kind of like, a, eh, yeah. But well, like, there's like a there was more of a narrative reason of being like, we got to bring him in because we got to know how deep this conspiracy goes, as opposed to like killing is wrong which kind of didn't feel as important in that moment but mm-hmm. hey um, yeah uh, so. I, I think there's also just a better way of phrasing that because it's a more complicated issue because again yeah. like i really like the catwoman stuff in this not just because she's played by zoe kravitz but like there's um you really get the sense that like she you know she doesn't have the opportunities that bruce wayne had bruce wayne mm-hmm. gets the opportunity to become like uh, a symbol of vengeance and eventually learn to become a symbol of hope and other people wouldn't have that luxury should they become the batman or a cat woman perhaps you know mm-hmm. and that's that's why i'm willing to give this movie a little more leeway in terms of like the weird political stuff it's got going on which again is just kind of unavoidable with yeah. a realistic interpretation of a superhero especially mm-hmm. batman but that's what i was really drawn to that like Catwoman just can't like she doesn't have time for that her life is on the line constantly with it you know I, I just found that really interesting. And uh, I'll read off a couple more tweets and then I, I guess we could do like final thoughts. If anyone has any, I feel like we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stop, <laughs> We've stop been talking asking, for a uh, while. Yeah, stop asking Matt Reeves if like Superman exists oh, in yeah. this universe or like nonsense questions. Yeah, uh, at Movie Chaos, that's one of the best Batman movies to date. If our Pats hasn't blown everyone away yet by this performance, then I don't know what will. Everyone's fantastic. Colin did anyone respond? Turturro are huge standouts. Did anyone respond in the negative to the movie? Uh, not to us. <laughs> so follow cowards who, well, they <laughs> don't feel up. brave enough to stand up for what they believe in. I guess. Um, I've, I've, I've seen criticism about the runtime. Uh, let's see. I'm, yeah. I'm going to find the most negative take I can find. Please discuss amongst yourselves. Like well, I, I can also, I can see people kind of having a hang up about like the self seriousness of this movie. Yeah. Um, although it threaded like levity, I think very well, which is mm. something I think the Snyder films have really struggled with. Where like those movies are so mm. like right. trying to be hardcore that like they kind of don't have any like levity at all in a way that like 
everyone feel kind of paperish, like in terms of development. Um, but I guess because also I remember what was the second Planet of the Apes film he did was uh, uh, War. Dawn? War. No, War is the second one. I think. Yeah. Dawn, yeah. No, no, no. Dawn yeah. is the second one, but War is the the second one. War is the did. second one he did. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I remember people kind of being like why the fuck is this film so goddamn depressing because it's like a really <laughs> dark it's like it's a goddamn planet of the apes film and i that's kind of what i like about matt reeves and stuff is that like he kind of goes in on it like really hard but i could see that being a big hang-up for people especially where you're like it's a fucking batman movie like i could see people having a problem there but right. um, yeah. yeah i saw this viral tweet that it's like you know that panel from Watchmen where dr manhattan sitting on mars and he says something like it is this day and i am doing this again oh, okay. and that, and that repeated when he's they did that and they just copied and pasted and put it's like it's 2005 and i'm seeing a more gritty and darker batman film and then it's 2016 i am seeing a more gritty and darker batman film and it's 2022 i am seeing a more gritty and darker batman film. <laughs> I, I get that notion because those words gritty grounded dark are very like misused a lot of the time and they're yeah. very like misunderstood um so i wouldn't call the snyder uh films like and I, I wouldn't really call them gritty yeah i would just call them really like abrasive and probably like they're dark but like i don't like there's other ways to describe things and there's better ways yeah. of going about it that's so, why i said hard I, I feel hardcore like kind of works because like that's at least that's what yeah, they're trying to yeah. go for it's like um which is very and also i would say i didn't like necessarily which might sound strange but i didn't get like uh this is trying to be grittier vibe from this. Mm. Like it didn't feel, I guess, like it was trying to push that envelope. Like it felt kind of natural, if that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, even though it, this is definitely probably the worst Gotham has ever looked in any depiction, like um, even in the Nolan, even in the Snyder films, because Snyder we only kind of saw like one slum and it was like, oh, all right, mm. I guess that place is bad. Um, but <laughs> this is like, no, this whole, like this whole city kind of sucks uh and so but i don't know like I, yeah um it's a shame that these words get thrown around probably because executives like the yeah. sound of them um yeah the but, flyers need to take back that that word yeah <laughs> <laughs> gritty yeah no 100 i mean look at gritty he's a big orange guy who just smashes cakes for some reason you go to a flyers game he's just throwing things at people in the stands it's pushing it's the, kids yeah, yeah it's wild it's like how are how is he not getting sued all the time but he's paying off those judges i guess i guess that's what it is gritty is like uh falcone a little you oh, know this movie oh. movie's a little fucking prejudice against italians because a little, a little there's, bit there's carmine falcone and then there's the fucking penguin and then oh yeah well, what is it like uh he's listening to like dean martin or something oh yeah like, of course yeah. he would he's like hey fancy boy like he's got gold teeth and shit and <laughs> i gotta say one thing that threw me off is that like the two mobsters mentioned are carmine falcone and salvatore moroni which are two mm -hmm. from the comics guys but their names are so like Italian similar that I kind of was like, oh, wait, did Salvatore get out of prison? Like I got like confused at a certain point. Like mm -hmm. I mixed both of them up. But mm -hmm. uh, And you know, that, that is also another thing that comes from like the, the Nolan trilogy too. He, he does those as well. And uh, my buddy Josh Lewis did a really good write-up on of this movie on Letterboxd. And he was like, he, he also made the point that like, look, it's the ninth standalone Batman movie. Like there's going to be a little like, 
overlap with previous iterations. Right. There's right. just bound to be. And, you know, because you could see elements of like, like Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin all headline Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. They are also headlining this movie, The Riddlers and Batman Forever. It's like you can piece together like a lot of stuff. It just happens to filter it through a very specific filmmaker's lens, you know. Or maybe maybe specific is the wrong word because Matt Reeves doesn't have like an identifiable style, you know. I don't There's know. He really, might. He's he... really good at like making style for the individual films. Mm-hmm. I guess, but you could definitely feel the same guy made Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and made this. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Moments, yeah. 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 For um... sure. The the tone, especially. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm trying to find like a take that's like super negative and no one's really super negative from mm. what i'm finding anyways mm-hmm. um there is an indonesian film critic named risky fakirancia i'm sorry if i mispronounced your name but um he writes very good uh, uh posts on letterboxd and for uh, an indonesian newspaper that uh, you have to translate because you know not in english but um his post about the batman was uh much more lukewarm than we're giving Mm. but even then it's not like super negative it's just about how it's it's competently made uh it's engrossing Mm. it's a transplantation of tropes and affectations that elevate an otherwise pedestrian screenplay i don't know if i'd agree with that but uh, i'll link this one because it's the most lukewarm and it's also very well written just to kind of get like a broader spectrum like it's at the end of the day it is a superhero movie you don't need to like i think we're just all on like superhero burnout like yeah that's a lot and And i mean like i we in a group that have kind of been dunking on some lesser criticism takes you know like some people do just operate in bad faith and they're like why is batman so serious you know and it's like well i don't know it's just because this diversion they went (laughs) i am waiting for the snyder heads to come out and be like this movie's bullshit fucking affleck batman's where it's at oh yeah. they've already done that yeah I, I, have, yeah I haven't seen yeah. a ton of it so you're lucky you're lucky yeah. i do but have I, like I just, every word related to dc comics muted so like that helps you, you're doing <laughs> it right but I, I i'll just want to say that like you know like it's it's fun to dunk on people that we disagree with but it's also like you know batman fans in particular are generally like they have more in common with the riddler <laughs> like normal <laughs> people so like i totally get like like don't dogpile people for like dissenting opinion or something right, like that. Yeah. Just it's it's what more fun we... to have these conversations in like a public forum and like yeah. in in a, in a way that's like pleasant and mm. not just like you didn't like this movie. I'm gonna dox you and your entire family. Yeah, I'm sure the comments under this video will be really cool and fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> have you seen the Sugarland Express episode on YouTube? No, I I, I you told me not to. So. Yeah. Oh um, boy. Um, I can't believe it's that one. I can't like, believe yeah, that's I, I, the one that people are like, these fucking pinko commies have gone too far. <laughs> Weird fucking people on YouTube.com. Yeah. Um, All right. Last takes. Uh, Andrew, let's start with you. We'll, we'll do the same order. I, I think, yeah. So going, going back to what we were literally just talking about, one of the last things I want to say is that I do think that there has been a very, very strong reaction to this film. I've already seen a lot of comments online about people saying it's like one of the most definitive Batman movies, one of the most definitive comic movies, blockbusters, et cetera. You know, the list goes on. Uh, And I do think this reaction is being met because at a most like standard level, this movie is that she had doing the things that any movie in any of these blockbusters should be achieving. So knowing what good blocking is, good lighting, good how to set up a scene how to frame a scene etc 
And the fact that a lot of blockbusters now, not even just superhero movies, because it, I think it goes far beyond superhero movies. If you watch the the movies of the month that Netflix releases and they look like fake movies, like Super Bowl commercials, but they're real. Like those movies got the same thing going on too. But the fact that a blockbuster right now is meeting like, and again, like it shouldn't be a lot to ask for a movie like to know what good lighting is or to at least know what they're doing with their lighting, et cetera, right? To know how to use anamorphic lessons in the right, uh, anamorphic lens, lenses in the right situation, et cetera. But the fact that this movie is achieving, hitting all those marks and going above and beyond with them, I think is what should be acknowledged because yeah, it's like, it does feel like there's a certain point watching the movie and like, yes, like not every superhero movie, not every uh, dark street gonna look like this because they're all going for their own different styles. But like, yeah, you're still asking yourself, why do not, why do more movies not look like this? We're like, why do not more movies feel like this? Because it's one thing to look like it, but there's a weight to this movie that feels earned. Like when the Batmobile, like when he turns that shit on, you feel it. You know what I mean? Like you can feel the engine. You can, it's not something that's just visual. It's like a presence. There's gravitas to this film. And I think that's one of the best things I could say is that it really does feel in a way like epic, but it's not, the movie itself is not an epic per se, right? So I just do, I do think that like, I told Diego this, this is like, there's a change of tide coming. Like I even see people online, they're going like, wait a minute, like why don't more movies feel like, why did yeah. this movie feel different? You know what I mean? Like even the normal people, not people that are like on film, Twitter, like mm -hmm. average fans of these franchises, like Marvel, DC, everything they're realizing wait a minute like you can make movies like this and like why movies like this can be released like that can have these things going on for them like and again this movie is not even like i wouldn't even call a batman revolutionary it's just really good at what it's trying to do you know so i do think there's a change of hide coming that not even just like movie making but like that people are gonna start demanding for better you know what i mean because when when we get stuff like this and we get five more movies they could be dc movies too it doesn't have to be the other guys um, like if the if the rock for whatever that Black Adam feels like it was directed by a committee, people are gonna notice. And the people who are following these movies, uh, chapter by chapter, they're gonna realize, wait a minute, like, no, we can get better and we should be getting better. So that's the last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> no, no, th thank you for saying that. Uh, did you say you had to, to hop off already, or? Um, I could just hang out right now. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll wrap up. Um, Matt, your last last thoughts um i still got hang-ups about the cops and shit like uh uh hopefully what the updates that show are correct and it'll be better and hopefully it signals a, a shift not just uh, with andrew saying and what people want out of movies but also maybe our relationship to power structure in films um which is that's all political thing and people get freaked out when you start talking about politics and films but um hopefully we can see that shift coming as well um, I feel like we won't fully see the shift until uh, studios start making less money with the cheaper films, you know, right. like as long as yeah. the cheaper films make as much money as the well put together films, we're still going to get that shit. Um, but I will say I had to piggyback off of what Andrew said, like I had the same thing where I think Diego and I are too, we're defenders of Eternals. And but we're also defenders of Eternals in a way where it's like, this should be the bar like this is mm -hmm. what all these movies should hit at a bare minimum. And the fact that most of them can't even come close says a lot about these movies. And that if I were to take the Batman, the Batman is like a step above that, you know, of like, it, that's the, the target more blockbusters should be aiming for. And again, like, and it's not just superhero films. It seems like all of like the film world right now, um, even stuff I really like, 
there's a cheapness to a lot of things. Um, and I hope that that shift is coming. I hope Batman is kind of maybe a beginning of that as well. Uh, time will tell. Who knows if the suits get back in control and suddenly fucking there's a multiverse in the next Batman movie and Matt Reeves gets fired halfway through filming <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, God damn, did you get the Doctor Strange trailer before it? Where it's like, yeah. God, God bless Sam Raimi, but like, it's just, good Lord, I don't know how much I can do this anymore. Like, <laughs> it's just... Ugh, but yeah you know uh, go see it it's a good this is a good movie even though it's three hours like it's it feels worth it and you're it's gonna be it's an argument that if a film should be three hours it should be three hours you know i'm a big defender of make your fucking movie 90 minutes because so many of these so many of these other movies can be but that's because there's nothing in them and i think there's not like overlong action scenes it's everything is character and story and theme that's what makes it longer and that's what i really appreciated about it yeah. so even though i have that one big asterisk and i feel like a coward for even endorsing this movie because of that asterisk <laughs> but uh i i still really liked it so okay uh gene final i thoughts. have to go now though okay, oh, okay. 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 So, andrew we'll plug you i don't want to i don't want to interrupt gene that's why okay <laughs> sorry Okay, well, we'll see you later. We'll uh, nice we'll talk to you. All right, man. All right. Thanks Bye. for joining Thank us. Thank you guys. Thank right. you guys so much. Bye. All right, Gene, final yeah, was, thoughts. Yeah, I just found it very uh, refreshing to talk to people about after. I was <laughs> talking to some uh, family member, just like, oh, wasn't this like great where the, uh, you know, camera spun this way or how the camera was attached to the cars and everything it just uh it just felt different talking about it to uh to people and uh good conversation just like talking like uh just nuances of these characters and you know i enjoyed it um it's it's adapting uh like you know be a nerd like comic book storylines i didn't like like earth one don't like that by jeff johns and uh yeah it's um it's just it felt very unique and um you know i'm a big matt reeves fan Still need to see uh, the pole bear, but maybe that's good. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone's seen that movie. I want to. I want to see it, but um, you know, it's very interesting following him from like Cloverfield to now and just seeing uh, what his uh brain thinks of because uh, yeah, just how they've kind of like weaved all these like storylines from like the randomness of like a Telltale game or something. And they're like adapting that. And he's kind of making it um into his own thing. I just thought it was um. It was just a, just a really fun movie, and um, yeah, it's just you know he he really got it and understood. So so I was happy as a as a Batman nerd. So yeah, I can't can't complain too much about it. Yeah, I uh, I also like I don't think it's 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 a game changer quite yet, but like to Andrew and Matt's points, like I really do think that like people are are gonna take notice of like, hey, this felt. We I mean, I think we all agree like this felt different. Yeah, like. I again it's not even like my favorite Batman movie but I was like oh yeah movies yeah. can like do this you can like be expressive with your filmmaking and you can like you can tell a serious story it's also still be funny like this movie's very funny people said it's humorless people oh, called yeah. Batman Begins humorless when it came out too those are those are funny fucking movies like mm -hmm. I don't you can be serious and be funny just because you don't have a supporting character that's there to make you laugh like it's 
I don't know. The penguin fucking waddles when he's handcuffed. Like it's very funny. Yeah. I don't know what you want from these things. Or the thumb drive. That was a good thumb... visual gag. Yeah, I felt like yeah. a psychopath laughing at that, but I laughed at it twice. Hey, so. not to kill the point that uh, Andrew and I has made, but I, I decided on a whim to Google this. Um, the Batman currently has an eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Spider Man. Spider Man No Way Home currently has a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, people that get the right film criticism uh, aren't helping, uh, it it seems. Uh, No, because some some of them said it was too humorless. And uh, you just can't have that. The Um, audience score is 98% for No Way Home. mm. And uh, when did fucking Rotten Tomatoes become impossible to navigate? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I haven't gone on in years. Yeah, and the one time either. I did, I was like, this is different. This is weird. Yeah. Bad, uh, bad designers of that website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I still I can't know. get to the fucking Batman page. Um, <laughs> well, I will say that speaking of Spider-Man and Eternals that Matt brought up, eventually we will get there in a retrospective yeah. and we'll talk about Spider-Man at some point and All Eternals because right. Uh, they both fit the bill of now yeah. failed award contenders for yeah. some reason, which is like weird. Um, yeah, so you're we'll, gonna watch that Spider-Man eventually. Yeah, yeah. Well, well we're gonna talk about it and Eternals at the same time. So even if we okay. don't like Spider-Man, we're gonna talk about Eternals. So yes, right. yeah. Um, Did you find it? <laughs> yes, it's a ninety percent audience score. So ninety-eight percent for uh, No Way Home and a ninety percent for the Batman. Well, um, well you know, they're uh, they're lying. These are uh, these are fake ballots or something. <laughs> we need to stop the count. Stop All right. Uh, on, on that note, uh, links down to to Andrew's stuff in the description below. Uh, Matt, where can the people find you? I'm at Emperor OTN One at Twitter.com. Also, listen to the failed awards contender retrospective that is currently going on on the Waffle Press. Talk about a lot of great movies and movies that aren't so great and movies we had nothing to say about ultimately but um, it's a and then stay tuned for more happy amblin in yeah. the future and then other things and then uh whatever i bully diego into doing because <laughs> i i think about it on a whim so i mean failed award contenders let us talk about tough guys don't dance you, you can check out right now on, yes on the, it, the hopefully yeah hopefully it's out right now and it's a fucking wild episode so <laughs> all uh, right Gene, uh, where, where can people find you uh yeah you can find me on twitter and instagram gene 9892 um i don't have anything to plug uh it's good to be back on the the podcast of the absent last couple yeah yeah you so. missed the you missed the texas chainsaw massacre episode i did with uh, with abby phelps we yeah. talked about kenneth brana as well our, our boy <laughs> Fucking Abby let you off the hook on Thor. No, uh, no she's, she's great. She's great. She's a fucking cut the fucking head off on that shit. Just <laughs> Thor. Thor is a good movie. Thor is another real film. Mm-hmm. Ah, God damn right. If you could say that now, uh, <laughs> you're part know. of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's still top five Marvel movies. But anyways, uh, all, right. all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. Uh, like, subscribe. If you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. You can find the episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Uh, We have been professionally unprofessional.